You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Let's read together in Isaiah 43. I'd like to start in uh, verse 14. We're just going to go verse 14 and 19 and then um, just talk, have a conversation, see what the Lord wants to speak to us. You guys ready? Isaiah 43. I'm going to read in Spanish. Is that cool? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seeing who's paying attention. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as refugees, as uh, fugitives even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your God, the creator of Israel, your king. Thus says the Lord, verse 16, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and water, warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Father, we just come before you again, and we thank you, Lord, for the things that you've done in our life. We praise you, Lord, for the things that you're doing right now. We look forward to the new things that are to come. And even those things that are in our midst that seem hard and difficult and seems like there's no way, may we be reminded that you are God, you are in control, and you are doing a work. And so, Lord, bless our time tonight. Thank you for all these Brothers and sisters that are here uh, this evening, our time together, be with the kids in their classes. And um, I just pray for my wife and family down in Mexico. Uh, Lord, thank you for the work you're doing down there, that you're a God that can work throughout the whole world. It's incredible. And for that, Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. 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 You guys are lively tonight. All right. Come on, amen. Behold, I am doing a new thing. You know, 10 years, 10 years in August, we celebrated uh, being down in Mexico. When Pastor Daniel and his family moved out here, right? About the same time, 2012. Uh, we moved down to Mexico. And I gotta tell you, there may be some in here that just love when God does a new thing. How many of you like new things, like a nice new watch, a new phone, a new tablet, a new guitar? I mean, Daniel playing that buttery guitar over there. How many of you like when God comes in and shakes up your routine and everything to do a new thing? See, not so many amens on that. There's more so like, eh. But nevertheless, here in our text, it is clearly stated in verse 19 
Behold, I am doing a new thing. It doesn't say, um, hey, I think I might do a new thing. It doesn't say, um, new things are to come. But it states from our God, the creator, the sustainer of all things, is saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. And I got to tell you, this is one of those verses where, um, and, and you guys, I've been up here um, sharing almost every year from the beginning. You guys have kind of journeyed in this with us. You, have, you saw when the orphanage was, um, was created and started, I think the first picture we have. Do those pictures? No, that's not. Is that TV connected? Oh, it's behind me. All right. So the first picture we've got, that is our 40 acres that God blessed us with. And so when we moved down there, that did not look like that, just FYI. Um, it was a dead apple orchard. And through God's miraculous, powerful things, he allowed us to purchase that property for um, $18,000, 40 acres, and we began building that building right there in the center was the orphanage at the time, that little X-shape or, or kind of cross-shaped building. That is our house. And then that building down there is our offices and then a computer lab and then a shed and then a coffee shop, which, you know, coffee shop. I, I was a little bit bummed. We built and finished our coffee shop right before the pandemic. So the only ones that got to enjoy it were my wife and I and uh, some people in the community. <laughs> But when you all come down, we will hang out. We will drink some good coffee. And so God did some incredible things. He built this thing. He allowed us to be a part of it. We opened in 2014. Um, for the next six years, we would care for over 65 um, children in need, some true orphans, some not, some that just needed assistance from their, from their parents. And um, we were just amazed at what God was doing. And we were on track, as I, as I shared before, we were on track. 2020 was supposed to be the year of all years. It was gonna be massive. We had missions teams scheduled. We had all of this stuff, and then everything changed. And then you enter that time of wondering, not is God doing a new thing, but sometimes even wondering, is God even here? Because you enter a time of silence. You enter a time of being on that property and just thinking how is this going to be used when circumstances have drastically changed? And saying, citizen, that listen, I don't have the answer for you because there was two years of so of just felt like kind of wandering in the desert, wandering, praying, seeking, thinking maybe this is the time we go home. We didn't feel God was calling us to go home. God was still working and moving in, in a way. He was still using us here and there. Um, we were able to start a, a new program to work with families. So kind of our mission and vision expanded from just caring for kids to partnering with families. So when the orphanage had to close down because of the pandemic, we, we started a program to help these families. And so now we're impacting these kids, we're impacting the families. So things were working well. Uh, two girls moved in with us, went from a family of three to a family of five. Lots of ladies, I'm the, the lone male in the household. Even our three huskies are all female. So um, 
good thing for the property, lots of space. And so we had two girls that didn't have the opportunity and the option to go anywhere else. And so they moved in with us. And Carolina, um, she was her going into her junior year. I've got a picture. Um, this is Carolina. This, her whole family, uh, all of her siblings at one point in time have been in uh, our orphanage in our ministry, but Carolina is the first one to ever graduate high school. So this is a picture on her graduation day. Her sister, that's her older sister and her sister's son, they came down. Um, not only did she graduate high school, she graduated um, with uh, good grades, and now she is studying at the Bible College in Ensenada. So we had the opportunity, next picture, we have the opportunity, my daughter and I, to take her over there. She had never been on an airplane before. Uh, I get nervous about flying, and I've flown thousands of times. And so she was asking me, how do you do? I was like, maybe you should ask Aeon to my daughter. She's the best one. She does the best when we fly. Uh, Carolina was like, I do not want to sit by the window. We thought, window seat, checking stuff out and whatnot. She was like, heck no, put me in the middle. Headphones on. Uh, uh, hoodie, sweatshirt pulled over, praying to God. This was our, our picture on the airplane. Um, we made it there by God's grace, um, the director of the Bible College, and um, we got her enrolled and set up, and she is doing so well over there. Uh, the next picture is uh, Natalia. This is my family, my beautiful wife, Jackie. We celebrated 17 years this past August. Uh, everybody always, when I travel, they're like, did you bring Jackie? See, they're kind of tired of seeing me. So everyone's like, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Sorry, she did not come this time. I think if I come next time, Laura might not let me stay in their house if I don't bring my wife. Uh, that's our daughter, Ayantu, who has just grown into a beautiful young woman. And the one in the middle, that is Natalia. We have been taking care of her for the last um, seven years. Her father abandoned her when she was two. Uh, she has been in our care because her mom cannot and does not really want to care for her. Um, during the pandemic, we started the process to adopt her. And so we are just believing that God will um, bring that to fruition. Please pray for us. There is one big hurdle that the Mexican government is just, we can't cross right now, but our God is bigger than that, and um, we know that he can remove those barriers. So there's, there's one piece that we're just waiting for our lawyer and this judge and these officials to give kind of the final go ahead. So I share those things with you because even in the midst of a pandemic, when you think like nothing's going on, stuff is still taking place. But even in that, we still have these 40 acres and we still have all this stuff going on. And it's like, Lord, what is it that you want to do? And I was having one of those moments um, kind of towards the end of, of last year. I was walking our property. You know, a pandemic is great for hitting your steps, 15,000 steps every day, just rolling, cruising. Sometimes you're so bored you hit 20,000 steps. And I was walking and I was praying and I remember specifically saying, Lord, I need to know what you have for this. And when I say this, I mean all of that picture you saw, all of these buildings, uh, the thousands of dollars that are coming in for donations, uh, all of this stuff, what is it that you have? And it was either that day or the next day my phone rang and it was my aunt who, um, 
her and her husband. He pastors the Calvary in our town, uh, which we are very involved in. Uh, Pastor Daniel um, usually gets to teach there every time um, he comes down. It's a sweet fellowship. So she calls and she says, hey, have you been thinking about the school at all? And I was like, no, not really. Uh, you see this, we were planning when the orphanage was open and, and running and, and, and just banging and, and going, we wanted to start a school on our campus because a lot of our kids were very far behind. And we had challenges with getting them all enrolled into the school in our town. And so we thought maybe this is a way for us to continue to serve the kids in, our, in the orphanage. And so we had already partnered with, with an organization and we, we started doing the classes and all this stuff. Then COVID happens, puts it on pause. So it wasn't like this was a, a brand new thing, but it was like, okay, should we start a school? Okay, well, we don't have any kids in the orphanage, right? So um, she said, I, I, I just, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, and I said, well, let's, let's pray on it. So prayed on it. We talked about it. We talked as an eldership. We talked with the board. Um, we talked with, with, we had it shared with the church. It seemed like this was a good idea. We were thinking 12, 15, maybe 18. We looked at the kids in our church and thought of, okay, these are the ones who have an interest, have a desire um, to be a part of this. So we thought we would have an open house. We had an open house. To, we invited the church to come out uh, to, to hear kind of our heart and our desire and, and sort of figuring out how to do a school because we'd never done this before, but just our desire in it. Well, this next picture sums up what that open house looked like. That is definitely more than 18 people. Over 60 people came the majority of them were from the town. They were not from the church. I don't know how people found out in the town about, I mean, it's because it's a small town and nobody has anything to do, so everyone just invites. They wanted to come hang out on a, on a Tuesday night. Anyway, that pl place was full of people wanting to hear what was going on. So we thought, okay, so we shared what the, what the mission, the vision, kind of our heart behind it, obviously it being a private Christian school, um, we wanted it to be affordable and available to um, all classes of life, especially the poor and the, 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 uh, the more areas uh, um, with poverty. And um, we explained all that. Our pastor shared his heart with, for, for the gospel. I mean, this was like not a, hey, we're gonna kind of tell your kids about God. It was like, your kids are gonna learn about the gospel and Jesus. Like, we did not dumb it down. Um, we gave them a tour of the facility. And uh, the other emphasis was English. We, we have an immersion, an English immersion program so that the kids would learn English very quickly. So after all those people came, we were like, wow, okay, maybe we should start thinking about, maybe there's gonna be more than this. So uh, in Mar uh, excuse me, in April, we had registration open, no, excuse me, May. Open house was in April, had registration in May to see, okay, are these people, would they even come? Uh, it was five days, Monday through Friday, Three hours a day, first day, maybe two or three came. Second day, maybe a few more came. By the end of the week, we had over 40 kids that came to register. 
pay and register. And then we, this more kept coming and coming, it come, coming. And then when we had to, at the point where we had to close registration because we had to order the books and all that, 53 kids. 53 kids, kindergarten to junior high. Paid, registered, excited for the new school year. Tell you what, it's humbling when you have 53 kids and you have two teachers. We started praying, uh, Lord, you got to bring some, you got to bring staff. You got, and, and I cannot tell you how incredible it was to see God. I mean, I could spend hours telling you story after story of, of how he just, he pieced it together. Why? Because what does it says? Behold, I am doing a new thing. Not I, me. This is God. I am doing a new thing. He's not, it's not saying, Jason, I want you and Jackie to do a new thing. Hey, guys, I got a new idea for you. He is saying, I am doing a new thing. Do you want to get on board? And if not, I'll bring somebody else. Because he is not bound by if he can or can't do something based on us. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you thankful for that? I'm just even blessed and, and, and praising him that he allows us to be a part of it. So... We had the classes set. Deadline was September 5th. Our building, we needed to get it ready. We needed to get it prepared. We had no idea how we were gonna do it. God did. He sent us three. We hadn't had mission teams in two and a half years. In a span of three months, he sent us three teams. Less than three months, actually. And they were able to get everything, our building kind of remodeled and everything ready for classes that we had set a date. I don't know why we set it, but September 5th. We wanted to not wait until after the the new year because we wanted to get these kids in the school. And uh, on Sunday, September 4th, um, after church, we had a team from Missouri. They were working until about 11 o'clock at night, painting and sanding and, and setting things up. And come September 5th, the floodgates open and these kiddos started coming. So we got some pictures. Brian, you can kind of just, this is one of the vans that um, picks up. This is actually a town about 25 minutes away said, hey, we heard you had a school. Can we put some kids in the school? And so we have a van that come. Brian, you can kind of click through those, man, every, every two or three seconds. That's Pastor Luis um, greeting um, kids as they're coming. Pause right here, Brian. This is our, so if you've been to the orphanage, the right hand, left-hand side of it was the junior high. The right side of it was, excuse me, the left side was boy's side. The right side was girl's. So it was set up perfectly to separate elementary and junior high. So this side is the junior high wing. The junior high, we were surprised. We have 14 kids that are in um, the junior high. Um, A lot of them, uh, they were going to go to another town to go to a different junior high because the one in our town is not good. Um, And so uh, these kids come. And uh, I was talking to my aunt a few days ago, just, hey, how was the week of school? How things going? And uh, she said, great. She says, you know what's amazing? She said, Almost all of the kids in our junior high, all of these kids right here, go back, all these kids right here, she said, they're all going to youth group now. And she said, we used to have, you know, they'd have four or five kids on Friday nights, and now all of these kids 
or like, when is youth group? And, and a few kept going, but now word was getting out, and they're like, are you going to youth group too? And so there's this, base, pretty much just the whole junior high now is a part of our youth group. So not only, isn't that amazing? Not only are they getting the word during devotions and chapels every morning for 15 minutes, but now on Friday nights they're coming and they're gathering. So little stories like that, that confirms it. This is the chapel service for the third through uh, ninth graders. And sitting in there, we have various speakers that shared at it. When Daniel and the board were down there, we did some special worship. Um, It's junior high room, kids just studying it up. We can go through these, Brian. I just love the smile on the kids. Dana did a great job. This is our cooking staff. We asked these ladies, these ladies, I was, they were like, hey, I don't know what our budget is. I said, what would you like to do? They said, we'd like to do more than just beans and rice and Jesus Christ. That's a little saying, obviously. <laughs> beans and rice and tortillas and whatnot. And I said, well, what would that look like? She said, it'd be great if we could give them some type of meat um, more than once or twice a week. And so we looked at the numbers. It, it, it was a difference of about 100 or $125 per month to bless these kids um, with a good meal, some that being the best meal that they have. And so I love that these ladies take it seriously. Girls just having fun at lunch. Daniel did a great job of just making them laugh. The smiles. We had picture day. Daniel brought all that gear. Your pastor hauled down gear. We bought stuff and we told the kids, man, they came, hair slicked, nice polos that they wear for the school. Um, they were so excited. Some just sitting, you know, throwing hand signs and whatnot. Um, it was just incredible. And then we said, hey, teachers, we need you. And they're like, what? You didn't tell me. Uh, our, our cooks, they were like, no, not today. We'll come tomorrow morning. You could take our pictures when we're a little more done up. This is our kindergarten class. My wife, Jackie, is a kindergarten teacher. So she's got 11 kiddos. We had a number of kids that were sick. One kid swallowed a peso, a coin. Yeah, he was out for a week. That was, poor kid. Kids, don't swallow coins, okay? This is uh, first, second, and third grade class. Next is fourth and fifth grade. Um, and then sixth grade. And then our last one is seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. And I think that's it for the pictures. When I see that, I can embrace, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Isn't it a lot easier to do that when you see what's going on? But it's that point when you don't see what's going on, when God is speaking, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now, there's a couple things I'd love to, to highlight about these verses here. Look up in verse 18. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. And then it goes on, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now, this is really important. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about this because when you first read it, it's like, okay, I'm not to remember the former things. I'm not to consider things from the past. Behold, God is doing a new thing. But if we jump up even further... Look at verse 16 and 17. 
Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down. They cannot rise. They are extinguished, quenched like a wick. Anybody know who they are talking about here? Yeah. So just a few verses before, the Lord is reminding them of this incredible thing that he did. So in verses 15 and 16, you've got, thus saith the Lord, and, and, and Isaiah's reminding them of this incredible thing that he did when he brought them out of captivity. And then you've got in verse 18, where it says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. That can seem a little confusing. But listen, it's not. In fact, I think it's pretty simple. And I'll say it to you in, 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 in two ways. Um, my wife, Jackie, there, she didn't get to go with, to it, but their high school just had their 20th reunion. Um, I didn't go to my 10-year reunion, but I went to my 20-year reunion. I don't know if you guys have gone to reunions before, but especially the 10-year, what is it usually like? Everybody in high school that are still hanging out with the same friends, kind of living in the, in the good old days or the glory days. They're talking about, oh, man, remember when you scored that touchdown and this and this and this? It's like, okay, you're talking about the things of old. And then maybe when you get to 20, things are, they're, they're looking a little bit older, but some of them are still talking about things of the old. Or how many of you here have said, oh, man, I wish things were like this? Or I remember when things were like this? That is, that is looking back to the things in the past. I believe what the Lord is saying is, look, you're not to remember those things to have that affect the things I'm doing now. Does that make sense? Let me say it to you this in another way. For six years, that property was an orphanage. And now, it is a school. So I can look back and I can say, oh man, I miss when it was this and when we had this and we could, it was easier to have teams and all this and remember this and this and this. Or I can harness all that into the new thing that God is doing. Does that make sense? And so I, I do not believe whatsoever that God is saying, hey, all that stuff that I did for you in the past, how I blessed you, I forget about it. In fact, the reason why he's telling them about what he did is to the nation of Israel is to remind them of how great of a God that he was to lead them into the new thing that he's gonna do. Hey, I'm doing this new thing, and if this freaks you out or scares you, let me just remind you about all of these things that I did. But listen, don't hang out out there because you're not in captivity anymore. I brought you out of that, and behold, I am doing a new thing. And this is, um, as I mentioned, it can, be, um, it can be a little scary, but it can be exciting. You know, one of the biggest things of starting a school, when we did the orphanage, it cost a lot of money, and, and then things kind of leveled out, and we built up our support and whatnot. But doing a school, it was like starting all over again. And it felt like, Lord, well, are you gonna do this? And I can't tell you how many times on those walks, I thought, this isn't gonna work financially. And this, and this. And then one day, it was like literally just this, Jason, you're an idiot. I'm glad, I don't think God says that to us. 
Sometimes it's like, duh, when the light goes off. I'm walking the property that God gave us and looking at the buildings that God built and I'm having a conversation thinking, how are we gonna fund the school? That is just us in our carnful, sinful man state. That's how it is in this fallen and broken world. And brothers and sisters, that's why we come to church. That's why we gotta read the word to be reminded of what God is doing. Daniel and Laura just serving the Lord for 10 years here. I have seen this church in all types of buildings. I don't know what number this one is. And we have seen people come and see people go. And the Lord, I know, I mean, I have conversations, especially with Daniel, and seeing the faithfulness of God and what he is doing through this fellowship. And sure, it might not look like this, and it might not do this, but you know what? That never, ever stops the God who, as Psalm 72, 18 says, who only does wondrous things. Psalm 72, 18, blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only does wondrous things. I was praying and I told our board, I said, I would really love this year for the golf tournaments. We do one in in Washington and one in Florida. I said, it'd really be great if we could put all those funds to the school. Um, we released initial, I think it was 15,000 or so to, to buy all, to buy materials and to get things up and running. And, and the cost of just everything, obviously tuition, you're not gonna charge people 4,000 pesos, which is about $200. Uh, we chart the tuition is 1000 for those that are able to pay it, but we, we're not ever gonna say no if people can't pay it. So that was kind of a step of faith of saying, okay, Lord, so I th- normally we, the golf tournament money, we have to use that in the overall budget. And I said, it would, I thought it would be great if we could raise twelve, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 from our golf tournaments to be able to donate to the school. We had our golf tournament in Washington in August, we raised, I think, $10,300 from that. And that was amazing. I was sharing that with Mike Fricano and Daniel, and we were planning and prepping, and, and I won't give you all the details of, of our little faith that we had, but there was times it was meek, right, brothers? We were like, it's gonna be the three of us and Brian, and we're gonna <laughs> lose money in this thing. And it was creeping slow, and then a hurricane comes. I'm like, Daniel, uh, am I gonna be okay to fly? He's <laughs> like, bro, your flight lands at what time? Five, and he's like, on Tuesday. He's like, okay, it, you should be good. It's not supposed to hit till later on Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, what? This is a direct flight from Seattle, six hours. Like, there's no layover for them to cancel. You're just in the air. And uh, I called the airlines, and they're like, yeah, we think it's good, and then was on the airplane, and things were good. Then the captain got on. He was like, yeah, things are a little strange here, so we're going to go this way a little bit and fly down here. Landed. Was it that night that it hit later that night? And then a tornado hit near Delray Beach? I'm, I'm sound asleep because I'm exhausted. These guys all ditch me upstairs. They go down. They're sleeping in the living room in the safety. I'm sawing logs upstairs. 
I didn't even know this thing happened. And then all day Thursday, I was supposed to teach at, at a couple schools for their chapel services. Everything got canceled. And I'm just thinking, I came here to Florida to hang out and relax through a hurricane. What if that makes sense, God? Especially when we're trying to do a golf tournament of all weekends. Maybe we could have postponed that hurricane until the next weekend or something. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I just have these conversations in my mind. So as, as we're just watching and seeing the devastation that's taking place as this thing is hitting, then, then you start realizing, Lord, forgive me for being selfish. If you want to cancel all that stuff, just pray for the safety of the people. Well, thank God that thing moved and, and it, it did damage, but it did minimal damage. And, and all of a sudden it was like, guys, should we do this? And people are texting and it's feeling like we should do this. Well, we did it. 51 players came out. The sun started to shine, but I'm actually glad it went away because that cloud covering was so nice. And we raised over $10,500. Amen to that. So some $20,800 is something that God did that he raised to give to the school. I wanna close with a couple passages. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter six. Because this is so key here to me. Behold, I am doing a new thing. For me, I've got to underline and highlight words like I or letters like I. Um, the word but. Deuteronomy chapter six, verses 10 through 12. I've got to underline and highlight some of these things to be reminded of who's talking and how this is working. Because this helps me stop thinking that somehow I have to do this school, that I've got to provide this, that I've got to do this, and we need to do this, and we need to do this. No, why? Because God says, I am doing it. I wanna read this, Deuteronomy chapter six, verses 10 through 12, because this is another ridiculous reminder of who it's about. I want you to guys to, as we read this, just see if you can pick up what the theme is, okay? Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and, with great and good cities that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. What is, the, what is he saying here? You didn't do nothing. I am bringing you into a land that I promised you with all this incredible stuff that you did nada. And for me, I think, I don't think it's a coincidence that it says a number of times, you did not do this. You did not build, you did not fill, you did not dig, and you did not plant. The list probably could have gone on. But look why. And when you eat and you're full, then take care lest you forget who? The Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. That's it. Part of the whole messed up system and what the nation of Israel battled with 
in the, in the, in the desert was because they forgot who was bringing them out. Oh God, help me to not forget that you are the provider. If God can provide for an orphanage and a ministry for 10 years, can't he provide for a school for 10 years? If God can provide for Redemption Church for 10 years, can't he do it for another 20 years? If God has provided for your family for however many years or whatnot, can't he continue to do that? And the answer is yes. One more passage and we'll close with this. Deuteronomy chapter seven. So just flip one chapter over, verse six and eight. Man, I love these old school chapters and these verses and these uh, books. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses six and eight. This is an unbelievable reminder again of who we are not and who God is. For you are a people, verse six, for you are people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. But it was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you. You were the fewest of all peoples But it is because the Lord loves you. It is because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery and from Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Brothers and sisters, why does God do what he does? This does not say it's because you're the greatest. No, it was because they were the least. They were the least. It doesn't say, oh, it's because you're a really great servant. Oh, it's because you can play really good guitar. Oh, it's because you have great faith. Oh, it's because of this. It's simply because he loves us. That is so freeing and so refreshing to know that it is, it is not by anything other than God's steadfast, agape, unconditional love. Brothers and sisters, if we can embrace that, then we can embrace when he is doing new things. And we can embrace when we're in valleys and difficulties and hardships and challenges. And so I hope that's encouraging to you guys. Um, I'm gonna pray, and I think we're gonna uh, do some close worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who only does wondrous things. We thank you, Lord, of all the reminders throughout the scriptures of the things that you have done and we thank you, Lord, for pictures like the, what we were looking at of the school. We thank you for testimonies, things like the golf tournament, things that you're doing now. So we've got reminders of things you've done in the past. We are seeing firsthand the things that you're doing now. 
And Lord, we are believing that you will continue to do wondrous things. And I pray for these brothers and sisters and the journey and the path that you have them on. Maybe some are just, they're in, they feel like they're in the desert. God, would you meet them and fill them? Maybe for those that are just kind of confused, what's going on? Would you remind them, Lord, that you're there? Lord, for those that are maybe feeling weighed down by shame, sin, brokenness, would you remind them that your mercies are new every morning? God, for those that are wondering how they're gonna pay their bill or how they're gonna get their next bag of groceries, Would you remind them that you're the God who provides and who tells us to not worry about anything? And I pray, Lord, that as we close, that this wouldn't just be the time we reach at the end of a service where we just sing a song before we go, but that we would meet with you again these things that you've spoken to our heart and the reminder that you do this and you've done this because you love us. Thank you, God. This is Pastor Daniel Williams with Redemption Church. Thank you so much for listening to this message. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube so you never miss a message. The mission of Redemption Church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus, and we would love to have you partner with us. Feel free to share these messages with your family and friends. And also, if you'd like to donate to the ministry, go to redemptiondb.com. God bless you.